Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we thank you. Thank you for this day. It is the day that you have made. A day that we choose to rejoice and be glad in. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for continually causing your face to shine and smile upon us. Thank you for the light of your word. For your word continually is lamp unto our feet and light unto our paths. As I stand before your people today, may I be a ready oracle, ministering grace unto every hearer, aligning our lives for the better. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's not um, an easy thing to share the pulpit with Reverend Paul on a Sunday. <laughs> Special thanks to the pastorate um, once again for giving me this opportunity and sincere thanks to Send thanks as well to the benevolent team, um, Sister Yinkagiwa. She's actually been on my case for this session about a year. She's actually been on me since May last year, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I, I thank you guys for the opportunity to, to reach out to God's people. Many years ago, I mean, Reverend Paul just mentioned now that I was born here. I mean, I wasn't really born here in that sense, you know, but... You know, there have been a lot of people that have passed through BCC, Kingsville, that have impacted lives. I joined BCC, I think back then in 97, if I'm not mistaken, 97, 98, thereabouts. So yes, I've been here for a while. And there have been people that have helped and shaped our lives, if I'm able to put it that way. I remember this brother, um, we call him Apostola, Laudwenyola. Then I just finished school and we're just getting prepped for the real world. You know, how to go into the world, get jobs and all of that. I remembered, I think, I can't remember what I was one that asked the question of somebody had an interview and he was like, oh, isn't it best that um, when you go for interviews, you probably don't go in first. You're probably going as the last person Maybe the interviewers will be tired, exhausted, you know, and then it gives you a better chance of getting the job as opposed to, oh, they are fresh, you know, and they'll throw all the questions in this world. And his response was so profound. He says, well, from experience, while sitting on the panels for interviews, he always thinks it's best you even go first, you know, because you set the standard. And once the panelists have made up their minds as to, oh, they are satisfied with you, it's really going to take a, something special from somebody else to come to knock you off. And that's the dilemma I find myself. You know, when we're planning for this month, I remember when Paul reached out to me to say, oh, when would you want to go? I had it on a platter of gold. I said, no, uh, I can't start. You know, I'll probably do the second Sunday, which was supposed to be last Sunday. And by the time I heard George Osawa's first Wednesday session, <laughs> if I told my wife, I said, what else am I supposed to say now? <laughs> you know, and then even Reverend Paul will actually pass for a financial expert. Don't you think so? You know, because he's been able to put a balance from the scriptural side and try to apply 
you know, the, the, the world side to things. And when I had this session again last Wednesday, in fact, I was in the car, my wife just heard me hissing, and I'm like, what's the matter? I said, what else am I supposed to say? You know, that he's literally said everything. But that's on a lighter note. Our minds are renewed daily. You know, we're transformed, you know. Hallelujah. I almost took the mic off him. That's why I quickly stood up, because he was already going into part of my message again this morning. Anyway, let's start. So I'll just essentially be reiterating some of the things that we already know. You know, and like he said, it's one thing to hear, it's one thing to apply. And I think that's really where most of us have not been diligent. Very quickly, I'd like to start by reiterating, like he mentioned, God's will for us to prosper financially. And if you can, go with me to Third John 1, verse 2. Uh, KJV version. Okay. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Deuteronomy 8, verse 18. If you can, we'll come back to this third John 1, 2. There's a bit of juxtaposing we're going to do. But let's quickly also go to Deuteronomy 8, verse 18. But remember the Lord your God. The NIV translation. Remember, for it is he who gives you, what? The ability to produce wealth. I'll just pause there. It is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. What that essentially tells us is we have his backing. He's empowering us to produce wealth. Now back to 3 John 1, 2. Like I said, I wanted to do some juxtaposing, if I may. Let's understand what it means to prosper. I checked on Google and the Oxford definition says to succeed in material terms to be financially successful. So let's substitute that. And this will be my translation now. You know, um, for third John 1, 2. We'll substitute prosper for that literal Oxford meaning. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest be financially successful. I wish above all things that thou mayest be financially successful so god cares not just about us not just about our spiritual well-being but he's also concerned about our financial well-being praise god i thought to use that as the foundation laying stone and then that leads us into what has also been mentioned at some point it's something that i always try to talk on regardless of the subject goal setting Goal setting is a critical part of not just our financial lives, but in everything that we do. We must understand what it is that we're pursuing. We must understand what it is that we're seeking. And from a financial perspective, it's important to just picture yourself to say, when I'm not actively able to work the way I'm working now, what do I see for myself? And it's a simple phrase. Do you want to find yourself surviving? Or you want to find yourself thriving? They're two different things. Surviving would mean, oh, in your latter years or in that season of your life, you're literally jumping from one place to the other, looking for a means of survival. But that's not his will, is it? 
you know, I see, maybe because of, and I mean, I have a number of folks here that we've grown and we've grown into management roles over the years. To be a director is a good thing. <laughs> to be a director, whether it's non-executive or executive, Abi Ratosin, is good. You know, for every meeting you see, they call you for, impromptu or prearranged, there's a sitting allowance. <laughs> so the regular ones are at least four cycles in a year. And then there are dividends you get from the performance of that business. All you just essentially do is review the work people have done. And you give counsel, you give advice. Some fly into the country, like the organization I work for, they like to bring them in. In fact, since COVID, we try to prevent them from coming, that we can do virtual meetings. They've been resisting it. No, we have to come down. We need to see people since COVID. We need to interact. It's the life. In recent times, I've been going to golf events, and really you see these guys there in the mornings. All they do, wake up, go golfing. So, I mean, I'm just saying, it's, it may not necessarily be what you want for yourself, but you need to have a clear picture of where you're heading to. And that very famous scripture in Habakkuk 2, verse 2 to 3 reads, it says, write the vision down and make it plain upon tablets that he may run that readeth it. Isn't it interesting that it says that he may run? Why don't he say that he may walk or that he can just sleep over it? It says that he may run that readeth it. There's a reason why that word run. Because each time you see it, each time you come across it, it reawakens purpose. Many years ago when I was in Abuja, we were working from, my office was working from a guarantee trust bank um, branch. For those of you that know um, Tubore, you know, Pastor Reverend Dokun's wife, I mean, we used to go pray from the same branch. One of our colleagues then, pretty much senior, you know, because I just started my career then, we used to call him Master. His name was Benson, we used to call him Master. And it was interesting, and for me, it was a clear picture of what goal setting can do. His screensaver, is that what it's called? Or, yeah, screensaver on his laptop, or then it was more of um, desktops. Laptops weren't very prevalent back then. But on his screensaver were pictures of ongoing construction for his house that he was building. So at every point in time, you know, when I engaged him, that, what informed this decision? He says, ah, that's what keeps me in check. You know, when we want to go out and eat snail and all of that, ah, he says he first thinks. You know, that, ah, how many blocks? <laughs> how many bags of cement? We used to laugh over it. You know, and then you just notice some days you will call, ah, Benson, aren't we going out today? Ah, he said, no, 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 to be not today, not today. But over the years, I've come to realize he actually finished two properties in Gwarimpa, for those of you that know Abuja. He's actually out of banking now. He runs a very big farming project in Joss. But that's the power of goal setting. Because for him, he always just checked him. Anytime any bonuses came through from work, any free money that just comes, is how many blocks? How many bags of cement? You know, and today we know what 
real estate and the property market is saying now for you to have a house in Guarimpa I'm sure you have a clear sense but that's really what it does it just it just helps you and like I tried to say have a picture of where you want to be for those of you that have read the seven habits of highly effective people by Franklin Covey the second habit begin with the end in mind know what it is you want for yourself over that period and then bucket your goals into short mid-term and long-term goals so your short-term goals will give you the platform or the foundation that will take you towards fulfilling your mid-term goals and ultimately take you to your final destination praise god are you with me please if i'm boring you let me know <laughs> okay so laid the foundation to know that it's God's will for us to prosper financially in it. And then we've understood the importance of setting goals. And honestly, regarding goals, you don't need to be. It's to you. It's your goals. So there shouldn't be any ambiguity. Make sure that those goals are SMART as much as possible. SMART being an acronym for being specific, measurable, achievable, relevant and time-bound set milestones to guide you it doesn't necessarily mean investing or buying certain things at that point in time and we'll get to that very shortly it may honestly just even be about investing in yourself first as your short-term goal anyway we'll get there let me not jump the line so here we are we've laid the foundation we've set our goals and then we're now talking about counting the cost so you've seen the goals now you need to really understand what is the cost reverend paul just mentioned this morning the cost may honestly be in some situations deciding to take gary for a season uh, well I take Gary every day, almost every night. My wife can attest to that. I love Gary, but I mean, in, in, in his point is there may be some sacrifices. More likely than not, there will be some sacrifices. If your goals are well articulated. Because you then begin to picture where you are now. Where you want to be. And what it takes at what pace it's that is going to get you to where you want to be Luke 14 28 very quickly please NIV say suppose one of you wants to build a tower won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it that's essentially what I'm saying. If you don't itemize the goals first, you probably not get to the phase of even estimating what the cost is. And it's these little nuggets of truth that determine honestly how far we go. It's not rocket science. It's just by aligning Reverend, Wall, in Reverend Paul's words to those principles. If you've counted the cost, then you will know that if I'm saving 10,000 naira now, based on where I want to get to, maybe 10,000 
may not be what I need, particularly in this our country today where we know what inflation is saying. We'll, we'll get down to inflation shortly because I really think I need to explain that for people to understand what it's doing to us. So essentially think about the cost to achieving your plans. Think about when your plan is due. I talked about milestones, set milestones. Just don't keep all your goals in one bucket. Separate them. What do I need to do between now, I've just finished school, between now and the next two years? What am I supposed to do? Are you, are you tracking it? Over the next five years, between five to ten years, what do I need to? You may have a business in mind that you want to be running. You're not just going to end up at 50 or whenever, whatever season you set yourself and that business is just going to drop on your laps. No. What has to be put in first to take you to that, to that point? Hallelujah. We simply need to carefully consider how our present habits impact our future financial positions and realign accordingly. Praise God. That takes me to the next point on budgeting. This is a very critical area where a number of us struggle. I'm tempted to say we all do. And the, more, the moment we are able to get a grip of our budgeting, honestly, it's not about how much comes in. It's about what has come in and what or how well you've been able to use what has come in. If you are not faithful in the little, you can't be trusted to handle the big. It's profound. So, a lot of you, I mean, you come across a lot of theories that try to guide, in, uh, to try to guide us in terms of budgeting. Some would say split your earnings. Um, deliberately not trying to say your salary, because I know there is um, a cross-section of people that are in paid employment, some that are self-employed, and the like. So, some would say round the 50, 30, 20 rule, which would mean set aside 50% to cater for your needs, 30% um, for your wants. Okay, so let me explain. So for needs, it would be your basics. So food, you need to eat, shelter, um, transportation, moving from point A to point B, utilities and the likes. Your wants would be for things like your clothing, you want to buy shoes, you want to go on a holiday, and then 20% channel to savings and investments. I will get to that shortly. Some would flip it to say, okay, have 20 or 30% into savings and then 20% into your wants and 50 to your needs. Whatever, there are different theories and different arguments that support those theories. But the underlying thing for me is you have to be structured. Like I said earlier, once you create the habit, you need to structure what it is and create that habit first. I mean, you could decide that it's 10% of your earnings that you really want to start, that you can afford to start saving with. You know, but over time, like I said, depending on what goals you've set for yourself, you then realize, Man, this may not necessarily work for me. I need to then review and up that. But key questions you need to ask yourselves, or we need to ask ourselves. For me, as an example, I actually have a spreadsheet 
every month. Just four or five columns. Line items. Uh, the first line, like a ledger, what, what, what do accountants call it? You know, what comes in is there. Then the line items, I have a plan. I have an actual. So, for instance, I may say for a Kaja Electric, I want to, the budget for me is maybe 20. It's never 20 anyway. Maybe about 50,000 for the month. I put it there, and each time I'm buying or recharging, I update the column for actual. You know, do that. Just create it. It's you, it's yours anyway. You know, and then have a variance analysis. You know, the catch for me, what has worked for me is each time I'm updating, I begin to start having realignments straight. That, oh, I'm going overboard on this line. Uh, something on the other line must give. You know, but if you don't make it a habitual practice, you would end up realizing that the money is never enough. And then what happens? You're tempted into going into what? Loans. That's when the rat race starts. Because you've actually gone to start living outside of your means. Little one, they call it the rat race. Because each month it will keep revolving. And this day with technology that has made loans very accessible, you know, some you they don't even see you, they don't know you. You just click or dial a code and money comes into your account. We have to be disciplined, guys. <laughs> but we'll get to that shortly. Praise God. So always learn to try to stick to your budgets. Find out what are your biggest line of expense. Find out which ones are your most frequent line of expense. For those of us that go to the market, whether it's the traditional market, traditional open market, or um, supermarkets, and I mean, I need you to be honest, how many of us go with lists? Okay. Fair, fair amount. So to those that go with the lists, how many of you stick to the list? So, there is no, you know, you know, you know this supermarket is so, the strategy. When you are paying, there are some items right in front of the counter. So, for those of you that stick to the list diligently, well done. It's no easy task. I still fall for it. Because that's when you just see one... Um, what can it be? One sweet or one item. Ah, I need this. You pick it before you know you've picked two, three, four additional items. It's called impulse buying. It's called impulse buying. And those are the robbers. Those are the demons. <laughs> Honestly, that's what takes you off budget. Seemingly, they may be genuine needs. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that you did not write them down probably suggests that you could probably do without it. Don't you think so? So, and those are things we need to be very deliberate and intentional about. Resist all those impulsive binds. One of my ex-colleagues who's relocated to Canada now, 
when we have these kind of sessions, he's also very, 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 very vocal. Around some of you will be buying the place. Um, well, I don't think there's Mr. Is that still Mr. Biggs? Anyway, someone. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> you know, a lot of these restaurants, honestly, genuinely, your finances may not afford you to eat out. So he says, what stops you from that weekend going to the market? He, so he says it so loudly. My wife says, get a lunch bag. He says, when you see him, he's carrying his lunch bag. There's a reason. Get the lunch bag. It's cheaper. And healthier. I still struggle with it too. Don't get me wrong. Because I just don't like carrying a lunch bag. I just don't like it. But my wife knows there are days I just enter the kitchen on a Saturday. And she sees me, ah, she probably knows this man's money is sitting somewhere. <laughs> I just cook straight for one week. Says, you're taking food to the office this week? Yes. What that tells me is, okay, I've overstretched. Like I said, I've gone beyond certain lines. I need to use something else, you know, to adjust, to make those adjustments. So you may not necessarily, you can't, I mean, if you're going to eat out averagely now, well, I work on the island, I don't know what it is on the mainland here. Right now, maybe averagely 3,000. So 3,000, you do that, sorry, times five. That's 15,000. Times four. 60,000. Now that doesn't include the weekends. Because you eat at the weekends, or you fast. Aha. So, so it's until you break it down, that's really where you know, because it's easy for you. That's even on the one hand, you're in traffic. Oh, you see chips. You see this one. You buy. You buy. Is it in the budget? So little, little amounts go like that. Go like that. And then at the end of the month, you realize, where did it go to? Or what happened? That's actually what happened. You happened. <laughs> Praise God. So please always try to stick to the budget. What it also tells you is, it then creates the need for you to have multiple streams of income. The moment you know that, okay, you're on a paid job, what's coming in at the end of the month is barely, um, what's the word now? It will barely sustain you. Then it probably then tells you, I really need to see what else can come in on the side. Praise God. So what then, okay, so we've talked about trying to create that budget. In creating that budget, always pay yourself first. Once that money comes in, pay yourself first. Well, after God. You know what I mean. Don't save after spending. Spend after saving. Save, the word save is going to be used here and there, but not necessarily in the way I may have presented it, but it's just about setting aside. Don't line up all your items and then say, okay, after everything, then what's left is what I will set aside for the future. It's not necessarily the smartest way to go about it. Because needs will keep coming. They are, they are endless. You know, I have some people, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that there are some particular days in the month you start getting some messages praying for you, wishing you well. That's the appetizer. And then maybe two, three days after, 
the main message comes. Oh, I need help for this, for that. And you can imagine, that person is not just you he sent it to. Hope you know. So at the end of the day, the person sends it to random 50, 60 people. He gets 5K across that. You know how much that person has made? That's why some people have turned it to jobs, really. It's just timing. And you need to be very deliberate. I block numbers, oh. Oh, yes. Once I see that that's the pattern, I block you for a season. I'll come back to unblock you after a period just to see if you've changed your ways. But if you haven't, I leave you there. I still had one recently this week. And I mean, that, that individual hasn't, has left me for a season, actually. It's definitely for close to a year. I think she just realized maybe it's time to try again. And I just realized I saw a message on WhatsApp. I was like, how did you get on my WhatsApp? You know, I then checked my call log. I realized that, okay, the call log was still active. It had, it had actually blocked the call from coming in. So the individual then went into the WhatsApp. So I was telling my wife, I said, well, it's time to block the WhatsApp <laughs> channel as well. You know, because people play on your emotions. I'll be very blunt. And in playing with your emotions, they take you off your own plans. And I'm not saying that people don't have problems genuinely. Don't get me wrong. What I do is I have a budget at every point in time. I have a budget each month that I set aside for that category of people. Once I hit that budget, honestly, even when heaven is falling, I won't answer you. If you are able to, you probably wait and hope that God keep us, I'll be alive the next month. You can try your luck again, but that's, that's what I think people should do. Otherwise, you get carried away. You know, in derailing off your own plans and meeting some, meeting plans for others that may honestly be genuine and in some cases may just be an abuse. So please always stick to your budget. Okay, so you set aside funds, right? What then do you do with these funds? I'll paint three scenarios. The first scenario is, so I have these funds, collect and spend immediately. In fact, when I first heard this, I was like, oh, why? Is that wise? But honestly, there may be some strong economic perspective to that argument on getting the best for time value of money. And that takes us to the subject of inflation. But we'll come back there shortly. The second scenario will be collect and keep. Remember the parable of the talents? Let's quickly go there. Matthew 25, verse 14 to 19. Very quickly. Okay. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called the servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To the one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. Excuse me. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold, he gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. 
After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. I mean, we know the end of that story. It was a case of, hey, dude, why would you just go and keep my money? You know the kind of person I have, the least that you could have done. Just deposit this money, no matter how small the interest would be, at least I would get something out of it. And probably explains why there's a need to save. And then the last scenario would be collect and invest. Now, I said I was going to talk about inflation just so it gives us context into how we then go about savings and investments. What is inflation? I'm no economist, but I've just tried to piece a few things together. It's a general rise in the prices of goods and services in the economy over a period. What it essentially does is it erodes your purchasing power over time. And I'll paint, I'll use two examples now. In 2018, the USD exchange rate, now that's the parallel market that we all know as the black market, was about 360 to the dollar, right? 2018, about 360 naira to the dollar. Let's assume that I was earning 360,000, whether it's monthly or annual, whichever was just an example, 360,000 naira, which was at the time equivalent to what? A thousand dollars, right? Fast forward to 2023. Let's even assume that I've been promoted at work or my bosses have, have blessed me. We've reviewed salaries. My salary has gone to half a million, 500,000. But the exchange rate is now what? 740. So in 2018, I was earning 360,000 naira, and I was earning $1,000. In 2023, my salary has gone to half a million. But the exchange rate is 740. In USD terms, I'm actually only earning $675. Dollars. Without, my work has not dropped. My impute hasn't dropped. <laughs> That's the point. It may have actually even increased. But like magic, $1,000 has dropped to 675 Now note that that's the fact that I use the scenario that you've increased. Your salary has increased. So let's deep dive. If your salary didn't increase, at 360,000. What the USD equivalent is as of today is $486. Your value has been eroded by as much as 51%. Half has just disappeared. The second example I want to use is Relating it to savings, and which is where we're going to shortly. So you decide to save 20000 monthly. In a year, you probably have saved 240000 I don't know what the current interest rates are. You know, I know I have bankers in here, but I'll just use 5%. Okay, I hear it's even high. But just for the purpose of 
conveying the message, 5%. That will probably come to about 12,000, right? At the end of the year. So 240 plus 12 would be about 252, right? Yeah. Okay, the banks will take one charge or one fee here or there. So, and this is you not touching the money at all. So maybe you come to 250,000 as what you set aside for saving at the end of the year. But here we are, last week, the CBN and I think MBS released current inflation rates 22.22%. So, 22.22, I don't believe the 22.22%, by the way. Uh -huh. we, okay, we all do. I think it's more, more relatable to Ghana's inflation rate. I think Ghanaians are more truthful. Ghana's inflation rate was about 54% in December last year. I hear it's tapered down now to about 45, thereabouts. But let's even work with the 22% that data has provided. By the time you do the maths, you've lost about 50,000 on that savings in terms of actual value. Your 250 is still sitting in the bank. Don't get me wrong, you're still sitting, you see it there. But the purchasing power of your 250 can only buy you goods worth 200,000. So it probably explains why that first scenario, the argument was that maybe I should just use this money as it comes immediately so that I can make the most of the value at that point in time. And then we can then understand why the price of a loaf of bread has jumped from 500 naira to about 1,000 naira, yet the bread has shrunk. <laughs> the number of slices have reduced. Or is it, <laughs> or is it the, 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 the can of sardine that used to have three healthy looking fish? that has now turned to some very skinny-looking two-piece. That's what it does. There was a day, a couple of months, myself and my wife were trying to analyze these tins of milk. I'll try not to mention the brand names. No, no, no hard feelings. Check it when you get home. If you have older tins, those tins have been, have been worked on. <laughs> They've been... <laughs> I'm looking for the terminology. Yes, slim fitted, that's the word. <laughs> I wish it even stopped at the team being slim fitted. When you open the contents, it's almost half. You know, just because these guys still need to be in business. They know if they put the true value, people will probably not buy. But that's that's what inflation does. Praise God. So, will I say savings is not good? Or yeah. I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say it's not good. Uh, I think it's a means to an end. It may not be the smartest way to utilize your resources, but indeed it can serve as a bridge to connecting you to some of your financial dreams. In 2014, in 2004, they started the Pension Reforms Act, you know, and RSAs came into being those of you that are in paid employment, not even just those of us in paid employment, those, some of us that are in self-employed um, businesses that are opting to contribute voluntarily. It just, it just appeared, I'm saving, I'm saving. Well, they are deducting, not that I'm saving. Grudgingly, some of us are actually complaining. 
these deductions, I'm never going to get value for it until maybe I'm retired, maybe 50, 60, or I've worked for, is it 30 years? Yes. But you see, in recent times, the world has changed. Well, let me not say the world. Policies have now changed locally. I'm sure a few of us are aware, but for those that are not aware, what has been deducted over time from your salary can actually now serve as a bridge to you getting your own home. 25, is it 20 or 25? 25% of what you have contributed can be presented to your mortgage bank or to any developer as equity to owning your own property, which has always been a challenge for most people, really. Saving to get that money to buy. So imagine if you want to buy a property of over 50 million. You're still trying to pull ends together. And then your RSA now, by the time you go there, I mean, I don't know what the contributions are for different people. But if you're able to pull at least, say, 10% from your RSA now, hasn't it at least moved you closer to that dream? And you know, policies will always evolve, and it's how we position ourselves for these opportunities that help. Many years ago, nobody thought about the fact that they will come up with the policy that you could access this to build your own. In fact, I remember when I traveled recently, and I was discussing this with my older brother, he says, even in the UK, nobody's thinking around that. That's a very novel idea, because the point is, most people at retirement or when they are put in retirement, one of the critical elements that they want really is guarantee that there is roof over their head. So if you can present that to them now, why not? So but if you are not prepared for it, if you are not positioned for it, and it's essentially what, what do you have in your hands? And that's what savings can do for us. It may not offer you the best of returns in terms of interest rates. But it gives you liquidity. You've heard the term cash is king. You know, I know of there's one brother here, I hope he's not in church. You know, he told me his story, where they're currently staying. You know, and it's amazing, but these things happen. When they wanted to rent that apartment, the owner of the apartment invited several people that were interested. Right? And when everybody had exhausted inspecting and were satisfied, he just came out to them. How someone and I hear he was. He says, okay. So you people have seen it. You're okay. No bias or favoritism here. Whoever pays first gets the house. And the power of liquidity, the individual was able to immediately transfer and they got the house. So opportunities, I just use that as an example. You know, and that's what savings can do for you. It may not give you the best of returns, but yes, it positions you for other things that could come. But before you then get into investments, and I mean, investments is a very broad subject. I probably may not be the best person to, to talk about investments. You know, but the little I know is what I would say. Before getting into any investment, you need to understand your risk profile. Hmm? And in trying to explain that, just looking at time, I may not be able to do the illustration I wanted to do, but I'll just try to explain very quickly. 
I were to offer someone 1,000 naira now to take me now, and then the second option would be 10,000 naira if I do a coin toss, heads or tail. What would be the option? A thousand naira now, a ten thousand naira, a coin toss. Almost like for those of us that used to watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire back then, you know, you get to a certain stage, Frankie Doe is trying to talk you out. It's essentially understanding your risk appetite. You must know when to say how much I can absorb right now and how much I can't. And some of the guiding principles to that may be what life stage that individual or that person is. Data shows that typically when you're much younger, just out of school, just starting work, your risk appetite is usually very high. Largely because, hey, if I put my head in this and it doesn't work out, I have time to bounce back. Once you get into the family, family provider group, where you have kids, where you have dependencies, aha, you're a bit um, cautious. Because it's now not just you. You have people that are banking on you. So your level or choice of investments begin to taper down a bit. When you are approaching retirement, at that stage too, it could be neither here nor there. When I say that is that, hey, I can't afford to gamble everything that I've, you know, labored for over the years, you know, into an investment that I'm not sure of what it holds. The flip side to it is that person like, it may just be my last chance you know, to take a deep dive into this thing. And if it works out, fine. If it doesn't work out. But you must understand your risk profile. And I, it's interesting. Some of the banking apps actually do that for you today. Same thing with your expense. For those of you that use mobile apps, you know, it, at times it breaks it down to you to show you how much you've spent here, how much has gone into this, just as a guide. Same thing with investments. Some very good ones will first profile you to know, okay, do we just put you in fixed income securities? Do we put some of your funds in real estate? You know, just to make the most in terms of channeling your investments. But you must understand whether you're risk averse, you're a risk, um, you're a risk seeker, and other terminologies along that profile. Praise God. But in terms of savings, like I said, very quickly, um, channel those ones towards your short-term goals offers lower returns with less risk, loses value with inflation, like I highlighted, and can serve for positioning for opportunities in the future. Investments would probably channel you more towards your long-term goals. Um, usually, they offer a higher return over a longer period. More likely to keep at pace with inflation, more likely. But the rate at which inflation is growing here is a question to, to ponder on, you know. But either ways, the rate at which your, your funds will be losing value with investments is slower in comparison to putting in a savings account. Whatever it is you want to invest in, it depends on your goal and strategy. It's, you must own it. And in owning it and embracing it, you then know what works best for you. Some would recommend that before you go into investments, maybe build a buffer of savings for, that can last you for maybe about three months, six months, such that when those investments don't turn out the way you should, you have something to fall back on or you lose your job. Whatever works for you, it's ultimately your decision at the end of the day. 
Praise God. Still on investments, I mean, we're used to some of the popular things which I'll just touch on briefly before I round up now. But it's imperative that when thinking of investments, I had mentioned at the start of this session, this session rather, that I think it's critical that we invest in ourselves first. Invest in ourselves. What can I do to myself now to position me to earn more or make more money in the short term to mid term? Because you know where you're heading to and you know that where you are presently now may not take you to that end goal. So what can I do? What can I invest in to position me to earn more? That will take that will then probably shorten my journey to my long-term goal. It may be a course. It may be a skill. It may be interning or you know doing apprenticeship. Some I mean it could be broad. Just think widely. But know that whatever it is that you're investing in is going to give you value that would increase your financial um, um, situation per time. So invest in yourself. It will cost money. It's never going to come free. But invest in yourself. These are the sacrifices. Some of the sacrifices that I think we need to make first. The second point would be invest in potential. We're all used to the mutual funds, stock markets, the real estate. They're not bad. But you see, the way the world is today, and I was doing a bit of research, a couple of years ago, we were carrying, how many of you remember floppy diskettes? Floppy disk, 1.44 MB. Yeah. Those things don't exist anymore. Things are being stored in the cloud, they say. You know, technology has taken over the world. Back then, I remembered, you know, you remember video clubs? We'll go and rent videos, VHS tapes. Those things don't exist anymore. You have your video club right on your TV. You know, and you watch these things. A lot has happened, but importantly, a lot is still happening. And I'm saying that even within our local assembly, even within this local assembly, I've engaged and interacted with some young folks that have brilliant ideas. It may actually be the quickest way to getting your return on investment. Just getting it right. Look at these paystack boys. There are people there. And there's this saying that ideas rule the world. But honestly, it's ideas that get executed that rule the world. And it's in the execution that we can get involved. You don't necessarily need to do the thinking. There are people that may have the ideas. All you need to do is provide the support and get a stake in that business and see what it will turn into. Praise God. So look out for these potentials. And it, I mean, it takes us to what um, George Osari was mentioning in one of the Wednesday sessions. I think he called it the mastermind groups and all of that. Yeah. Safety in numbers. Safety in numbers. Scriptures say in Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where no wise guidance is, says the people fail it. But in the multitude of counselors, says there is safety. 
and I know we did try a while back to try to start up something and I do think it's a good time to start again there's so much we can do together people want to get involved in real estate they want to buy properties they probably don't have the means to now but they can have a stake in that with whatever it is that they are bringing to the table and I mean we can apportion it you know proportionally to what you're bringing in gives people stability and then when they are well balanced you know they can probably then venture into things on their own and I do think it's very critical that together we can achieve great things ah, that's a line from my organization <laughs> all right I won't draw much on the usual traditional types of investments that we do know of I mean talking about mutual funds but for those that don't know mutual funds essentially are people with similar risk appetites remember I talked about risk appetites understanding your risk profile pulling their funds together handing it over to a fund manager and is investing it and is giving returns stocks also known as equities you're buying stakes in companies in organizations you know and in return you're getting a dividend or you're getting increased shares which translates to increased ownership bonds essentially you're just borrowing money to the government that's what it is the government is almost a, a guarantee that your money they'll pay your money even if it means they'll go and just print money for you they'll pay your money at the end of the day you know but with each one the returns vary depending on the level of risk there are also fixed deposits which are very common with the banks and then things we also know as commercial papers these ones are unsecured um, issued by corporate organizations for financing short-term liabilities or working capital I typically recommend real estate now it's an area that I'm getting into now it's about the quickest arguably the fastest um, um, example of investing today I don't know why but Nigeria is a peculiar story in some other climes you know the real estate market has has crashed tried to correct itself but in Nigeria it does it's still up and it's not far-fetched the housing demands are still high it's still very high everybody wants a house so the demands are growing and it's amazing the things you see you see very very small structures you hear there are prices you are wondering what is going on here but it's something that you do need guidance on get professionals to guide you the interesting thing is there are plans now that are called off plans um, off plan strategy so you don't necessarily even see the structure they just show you the 3d whatever whatever you lock in now you see each with each level that that structure is getting to the value is going up and I've seen people that they just lock into those kind of deals and when it's ready they sell off immediately cycle time maybe 18 months 24 months depending on the speed of the developer so it is something that you do need to consider finally in all of this your risk assessment or risk management plan cannot be emphasized it will be criminal of me not to talk about what I do I sell insurance and I always talk about risk that's why everything in fact when I'm interacting with people they're almost like why are you always <laughs> thinking of what could go wrong first <laughs> it's the way I've been wired not necessarily to say that I don't see the good in things but as much as I see the good I try to first analyze what could disrupt the good from happening 
and how can I mitigate that risk? So always try to, whatever investments you get into, like I said, seek guidance at this stage, if particularly if you don't know much about the business, get professionals to guide you, identify what risk could emanate, assess the impact this risk, if that risk crystallizes, what it can have on you or on your finances, and mitigate. In mitigating, transfer the risk where you can, which is where insurance comes through. I thank God it was George Osawari that mentioned insurance first on Wednesday. I'm not the first person to mention it. But yes, insurance is critical. Transfer your risk as much as possible. And I'd like to use our pastor, Pastor Mrs. recent incident as an example. I'm sure, well, a number of us knew that she had an accident with her car. Now that car, if I'm, the value was about 27 million, right? 30. 30 million was the value of that car. The cost of repairs for that car is about 14 million. So even if you have the money, let's even assume that you have the money, would you genuinely just want to dole out 14 million into repairing a car? Even if you have the money. And yeah, she's probably been driving that car for years. Nothing has probably happened to it. I get it. But an incident has happened now. And that's what transferring risk does for us. It helps alleviate. Because imagine if she's going to dole out 14 million. You know it has turned that her financial long-term goal upside down. And that's what it does. I mean, you travel, you embark on a trip. How many of you go with your spare tires when you're driving? You have spare tires in your cars. Why do you have spare tires? Why? In anticipation that, oh, you could have the flat, or for real safety purposes, right? <laughs> no. But, you know, anything could happen. And that's what insurance does. From your asset insurance, even your health. You know, take care of yourself. We don't pray that we fall ill. You know, but when these things come, if you don't, if you leave the door open, it will visit. It's, it's basic. So you need to protect yourself. And in terms of protecting your financial um, journey, you need to look for ways to transfer the risk that you can and pay the premium for it. But know that in the event that something comes, do you know how many shops have got burnt in the last year or two? From under the bridges in Akongmo, here and there. Do you know how many buildings have collapsed in recent times? You know, the guys that have embarked on, that, on those structures, a number of them didn't have insurance policies in place. Where are you starting from? So please, have a risk management plan in place. My wife insisted that I needed to talk about insurance. I've tried to talk about it because that was really the main purpose of my coming up, up, up here today. And then finally, very quickly, Debt management, manage your debt very well. Please do not get into loans unless absolutely necessary. You will come across schools of thought that say there are good debts and there are bad debts. Any debt that is not going to offer you a return higher than whatever interest rates you are paying may not necessarily be worth it. Don't get into debts to fulfill your wants. You want to go on a holiday, you go and borrow money. No. You know, get into good debts. You want to buy a property. Yes. You can lock into that because you know that over time, 
you know, the value, it increases your net worth. Those are the kind of debts you want to. Don't get into debt to pay for NEPA. You know, please, it's not wise. So manage your debts, know the kind of loans you get into, and always, you know, um, aspire to pay those loans. It helps your credit profile as well. There are some claims that you honestly can't survive without... When I say survive, you need to have a good debt, um, a good credit profile to be able to access certain things. So not even taking it is not entirely good because it also puts, raises some concern as to this one that this person hasn't taken any loan before. Is it that he doesn't know how to run loans and all of that? If you do get into loans, just make sure you're servicing it and using it for the right purpose. Praise God. So finally, um, I'll just wrap up now. Bring the power of vision and planning to your finances. Have, that's goal setting. Pay yourself first after God. I put it there. Sorry, I put it in my notes in brackets. After God. I know Pastor talked about it. Was it last week or two weeks ago? For me, it's never an argument. I'm always a bit surprised when the subjects of tithes, you know, come up. For me, what the, the underlying principle for me is what is it that I have that hasn't been given to me? That's just the, the kill for me. I, nobody can talk me out of that. So the job or the business that you have, isn't it because of his grace over you? So why is it a big deal? To then return something back to the purpose of that, of the, of the church. It shouldn't be a subject. And if you don't do it now, trust me, when you're earning your billions, you always have the excuses. So be disciplined in that. Pay yourself first. Save or invest before spending, not the other way around. Try to save daily, even when you have budgets. Set daily targets for yourself. There are some apps that actually do that. You know, because I mean, how many of you get some alerts, your debit alerts from your banks? You just deduct one money one day. You are just wondering, what is this one for? 59. Yeah, 15 naira. Set targets for yourself daily. There are some apps that do that. Each day, you can take 100 naira, 200 naira from your account. It has a mandate. Use debit mandates. Use direct debit mandates. That's what the loans, that's what loans do. The same way, be deliberate and intentional about it when you're trying to save or invest. Before the salary or the money comes in, have the mandates in place. It swallows it. It's what you see that you, you, you will use to run your... Yeah. The moment you leave it there, like I said, something will always come up. But what you don't see, and that's the way it works with loans, the first two, three months you are struggling to adjust. But the banks won't take any chance. They ask for your due date, your salary date. That's what they tie it to. In fact, some, before the salary even enters, it's debited. The, my friends at the office call it, the crocodile has opened his mouth already. <laughs> so then the alerts come and they say, ah, crocodile has performed. You know, so it's, it's swallowed it. You know, so by the time you do two, three months, yeah, you are just, you, you don't plan for that money because you know it's not yours. And that's what you should do to channel to your savings and investments. Once you do, I, I can assure you, after three months, the body adjusts. You know that this money is not mine. Praise God. Track your expenses. Remember, savings may not be the smartest way to achieve your dreams, but it can serve as a bridge or connector to those dreams. Manage your debts well. Cut down on unnecessary or avoidable expenses. Reduce impulse buying. Understand your risk profile and invest wisely. 
importantly, leverage others, the mastermind group, and have a risk management plan in place. So I do hope, with these few words of mine, I've been able to convince you and not confuse you on the need to gain financial momentum. Thank you very much.